Hey there, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Maddie and I get to be part of the leadership team at Epiphany Station. And in our conversation today, I'm wondering how many of us are wondering what God is actually like. Like how much time and space do we put towards thinking, what is, if God is, what is God? And if God is, what is he up to? What does he want? What is he doing in my life? And these big questions are what we're going to answer. In today's conversation and the following three, we're going to take these big questions and we're going to crank out the big answers of what it really means to understand what God wants, to understand what it is that we need and what he offers. And it all begins in understanding what he's like understanding what he's really like, what, what he is like in relationship to the world and to you, why he's got this group of people called the church that we talk about, and what we can actually understand about this king who has a kingdom. Because our teaching series is called Kingdom Come. It's to help us understand something about what Jesus said when he said something very important and maybe more famous in the Bible than a lot of other things. He said this chunk in there that you may have heard before, like it's in movies and it's been in songs and you might have even heard a politician say it a time or two, but don't hold that against it. You might have even recited it yourself as a child, but do you know why? I wonder if we understand what Jesus said and why it was so important for us to get it. This is what Jesus once said. He said to pray like this, our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said, give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now that's actually known, that chunk is known as the Lord's Prayer. And it was Jesus's answer to a question. The question was, how do we pray? Like, these people said, how do we talk to God? What, what are we supposed to say and what are we supposed to ask for? And what we don't see is that Jesus then like changed his, his stance or even changed his voice into a nice like churchy prayer voice. We don't hear that he rattles off a 20 minute prayer with things that people don't understand. What we get is him being short and sweet, being very simple and saying, look, when you pray, four things. You pray for four things. You ask God for four things. And these are them. That you would understand that God is holy. That he would be holy to you. That his will would be done in your life and throughout the earth. That he would forgive you for the sins you've committed and you would be forgiving others. And that he would forever protect and provide for you. Now when it comes to conversations about prayer, I know that they can be a little bit sketchy. Because, well, I think sometimes a lot of our prayers are quite sketchy. I thought about this as we were come, like thinking about this conversation. I thought, what are some of the most ridiculous prayers I've ever thrown up? I remember when I was a young lad, I remember uh, that I prayed once that God would, would help or make England, that's where I'm from, that they, their national soccer team would win the FIFA World Cup. It's a pretty big deal. It's a big contest outside of the United States of America that people enjoy. Uh, I prayed for that and asked for that, but even apparently that was outside of God's will. I remember when I was a little bit older, I remember being uh, in a dark alleyway with my friends and praying that uh, the police would not find us because we'd just done something stupid and illegal. And that one actually turned out in my favor. I remember 
praying in the Scottish Highlands while I was ice climbing that I wouldn't die. Like, I remember literally climbing up going, please, God, don't let me die. Please, God. I've prayed for a lot of things. I've prayed for money. I've prayed for relationships. I've prayed for a wife. I've prayed for children. And then I've prayed that God would give me peace from those same children. I've also prayed that God would give me peace right after my wife's first miscarriage that I would have peace to be able to share with her, that I could be there for her. I've, I've prayed for addictions to be broken in my life and others. I've, I've prayed for sins to be beaten. I've, I've prayed that people would be saved. I've prayed for a lot of things. And I don't think any of those prayers were bad. Well, apart from maybe the one about, you know, not getting caught by the police. But when Jesus was asked, what, what should we pray for? How should we pray? He just says four things. You should pray for four things regularly when you talk to God. And the first one, the number one, the crux of our conversation today, should pray that God would be holy to you, that you would see and understand that he is holy. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Because that right there, that answers a lot of the questions and that would change in our thinking and understanding what God is actually like. What our God is like. He is holy. And, and you throw out that he's holy. And for a lot of us, that poses more questions than answers. Like, what does holy even mean? Why is it important? Why did Jesus think it was important? Like, we, we get it, right? We relate to God and he's God and we're not. And that's enough. Like, we, we're fine with that, understanding those things. But when we don't understand what him being holy means... And we really just know God by what others have said about him or we know him by reputation or, you know, just kind of like an acquaintance. She's a friend of a friend, but you don't really know him. Know him like you know your loved ones. Then it can lead us to misunderstanding him. And, and you get questions like, oh, I just don't understand how God could do that. Or what is God even doing in my life? And I don't think God would actually do the things he said he did in the Bible. Like you get to that place when you don't know what he's like. And you can misunderstand his intention and his heart. But God is holy, it says. And holy means not like anything else. The, the word that was actually spoken that's translated into our holy is the Greek word hagios. And I tell you that for two reasons. So we can understand it. And so you understand I know a tiny little bit of Greek. And I know how to Google things. But the word hagios, when we translate it into the English, can mean a few things. It can mean holy, but it also means sacred and pure and perfect. In Exodus, it was written about God right in the very beginning. Who is like you among the gods? O Lord, glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great wonders. God's people have been declaring for a long time. God himself in his Bible has been declaring for a long time. He's not like anything else, no one else, not like any other God, any other God that we could seek or pursue or want to worship. They're just not like God. And any other person, the most generous, the most powerful, the most well-known, they're not like him. And any great experience you've had of joy and or of pleasure, it's not like him. And this poses a difficulty for us when we say we want to relate to him. If you want to relate to someone and you don't understand them and they're nothing like you, that can be a bit of a problem. But the greatest problem that we have in understanding a relationship with God to love God is that he's just not like you and I. Like, he's not like us really much at all. Because in God, there's no darkness. 
and God does no evil, and God does no sin, and in us there is. There just is. We can admit that there is. And so that kind of poses the, the, the real problem that, you know, why, how could we ever have a relationship with a perfect God when we're so ridiculously imperfect? A lot of people stay there in that place that he just wouldn't want me. I'm not good enough. I know I'm broken. I know I'm difficult. I know I'm sinful. I don't think he would want me. But the problem with that is that God said he does. He wants us to be able to relate to him, to have relationship with him. And if that's actually going to happen, then a change needs to happen. And the change isn't that we clean ourselves up, that we, that we square it all away, that we do things differently. It's not that at all, because we the people, we don't have the ability to fix ourselves and relate to him. But this is where we come to really why we're having this conversation. Because 2,000-ish years ago, God decided to send to our turf, to our home where we're at, a baby. He declared about this baby that it would be Emmanuel, which means God with us. We call him Jesus. And Jesus came to bring about a change, a change in the relationship, a change between what is not holy and what is. And if we understand God's holiness, like we actually understand it, then why Jesus came makes sense. And not only that, the magnitude of God's love is more understandable. Like how much he loves us when we understand his holiness and ours not, and what Jesus came to do. Because if we understand and we believe that this isn't a lie that Jesus actually came for you, it means that God sent him specifically for you. Jesus came here to pay a penalty for the things we've done wrong. Every evil, every dark, every sin deserves separation from a holy God. It does, because he can't be around it. It deserves that separation. And Jesus came to pay the penalty, which is death and separation for us. He came to bridge a gap between the unholy and the holy. This is what he did. He did not come. God, God does not come to us and say, you need to fix this relationship. He does not ask us to do things that we cannot do. He comes and he offers to us to come to Jesus. That's what it means when you've ever heard that said, like people coming to Jesus. It means that we come to God through Jesus, this bridge that we understand that Jesus actually died so we don't have to. That we don't have to be separated from him. That he was raised to life so we are promised relationship with him and eternity with him. That right there is Easter in a nutshell. And that might feel like we've got a long way around getting to there. But that's why Easter. To understand what God is actually like is to understand the sacrifice of Jesus. And I don't know why we're having this conversation. I don't know why you chose to be a part of it. But I know that if you are a part of it, it's because God wants you to understand how he wants to relate to you. And we, as we said, we relate by coming to Jesus. Book of Hebrews, this book in the Bible, helps people explain and understand their relationship with God. It says this, look, you have come to Jesus the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks of forgiveness. God offers you and I forgiveness for the oldest sin and for the freshest insult, for the littlest and the largest, for everything that would separate us from him. He came to offer us a way out of it because sin, sin simply means done. Done. 
It means God is done. It means we are done. It means the relationship is done. But when Jesus hung on the cross to die for that sin, he said, it is done. He said, it's done. The power of sin is done. The power of separation is done. The fear that we have is done because he sacrificed for us. That's what it means to understand kingdom come. God, to have the kingdom come into our lives means, God, you are holy. We're not asking you to be anything less. And we're not expecting that we are holy, but we get to come to you because of Jesus. We get to come and say we're imperfect and we're broken and we're sinful, but we get to come based on his forgiveness, based on his sacrifice to a new leader, a new purpose, a new life, and a new relationship with a holy God. I'm wondering in this conversation, how many of us are wondering where we actually stand with God? And each of us, we all stand pretty much in the same place. We stand in a place where we don't get to fix and we can't create the way and we can't find a better God and we can't save ourselves. No one of us gets to look down upon another. We all stand there looking, wanting, and God offers. God offers this relationship with us based on nothing else that we can do. The almighty, the all powerful, the all majestic, the all awesome God says he's all about you. This is what it means to understand the holy God. This is the one you've been looking for. And a lot of us spend our lives looking for something else, looking for something else to be better, looking for something else to be easier. But this is what you've been looking for. And we wonder for so long where we stand with him. If we can be right with him, how can, how can things be done? And God says, this is it. I've made the way. I've made the one way to make it right. And it means from you that you would accept it. That you would accept the offer and that you would invite that relationship based on Jesus. You see, if you're in that place and you don't really know where you're at with God, or maybe you've had a relationship with him for a while, but it's just kind of slipped into something else. I want you just to understand that he is holy and he is perfect and he is pure and he is right. And those things can set him so far above our imagination. But he came for you. He came for you in all your brokenness and all your difficulty and all of your addiction and all of your relational strife and all of your pain. He came to you. And what he's doing now is he's calling for you to come to him. To no longer have to do it on your own. To no longer be alone but to have him as your father. That's what Easter is all about. In a second here, we're gonna wrap things up and I'm actually just gonna pray through the Lord's Prayer. If Jesus, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. And I wanna invite you to pray that with me, maybe in your own time, but maybe also in your, even in your own words. And you wanna get specific with God about how you wanna understand him or what you need him to do in your life. Maybe you have some things that you want to confess to him. Maybe you want to start a relationship with Jesus today based on his sacrifice for you. That's up to you. I just want to lead us through the Lord's Prayer as a baseline for us understanding him and the most beautiful thing about him, which is that he loves people like me and you. So if you want to, you can pray along with me. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. 
And don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Jesus' name, because of Jesus and for Jesus, we pray. Amen.